Welcome to another podcast in our series for the International Chamber of Commerce UK branch. This is ICC's World Business Podcast recorded in London on the 30th of June 2017. I'm Alex Abaratni and I have Peter Robinson, CEO at the US Council for International Business on the line. Hi Peter. Well hi Alex. Um, I'm very happy to, to be with you today. I should Note that uh, USCIB serves as ICC USA, so in other words, ICC UK's sister ICC National Committee in in the US. So we're uh, we very much welcome the opportunity to collaborate. Great, thank you very much for your time. Um, so we've seen that the US President Donald Trump is determined to renegotiate North America's free trade agreement between the US, Canada, and Mexico, known as NAFTA even calling it the worst trade deal ever. Peter, what's the current feeling among U.S. businesses about this? Do any see an opportunity with renegotiations? Why is NAFTA seen as the worst deal ever? Well, first of all, I I really don't get the phrase worst deal ever, and I I really think it's more rhetoric than than anything. America has clearly gained from NAFTA. Um, I read a recent study by the Peterson Institute for International Economics that points out that since NAFTA's implementation, U.S. trade with Canada and Mexico has more than tripled with a positive impact on U.S. GDP of one-half of 1%, which translates to several billion dollars of added growth per year. And uh, furthermore, the same study found that uh, NAFTA did not foster noticeable growth in the overall U.S. trade deficit and that increased trade with Mexico did not perceptibly raise U.S. unemployment. Um, NAFTA has also had significant benefits for Canada and Mexico. So to us in the business community, it really seems to have been a a real win-win arrangement. Um, Secondly, yes, I think there is a feeling in the U.S. business community that there's an opportunity for a beneficial modernization of NAFTA. Note that modernization is the operative term that, that we're using rather than uh, renegotiation. Great. And I mean, what implications might any change to NAFTA have for U.S., Mexican, and Canadian businesses? Well, I mean, first, in the sense of uh, yeah, that concept of modernization, it's important that we all recognize that the world has not stood still in the last two decades since NAFTA was signed. So uh, we think it's actually a good thing that the Trump administration is reopening it. It allows us to make sure that NAFTA is up to date and fit for purpose. Um, That being said, any changes to NAFTA will have an enormous impact on business operations throughout North America. So it's important that negotiators take the time to get it right. Um, over the past 20 years, the world economy has been transformed by technological innovation, huge growth in emerging markets, and the development of incredibly long and complex global supply chains. So that has really changed what it means to be made in America or made in the UK, uh, for that matter. In terms of some specific items, uh, duty-free access is one thing that must remain intact. The last duties and quantitative restrictions among the United States, Canada, and Mexico were eliminated in 2008, and U.S. business must continue to have access to the Canadian and Mexican markets on that basis. Uh, 
Secondly, NAFTA has also opened up government contracting in ways that strongly benefit the United States. The agreement's government procurement provisions should remain in place to benefit the broad array of American exporters to the Canadian and Mexican public sectors. To take the agreement into the 21st century, we need new rules to address the digital economy, which was in its infancy back in the 1990s. So a modernized, modernized NAFTA would, uh, in our view, need to include enforceable provisions that would liberalize electronic commerce, telecommunications, digital trade, and, and cross-border data flows. We also think that negotiators need to shore up provisions that were merely an afterthought uh, two, de- two decades ago, such as rules ensuring fair treatment for firms competing against state-owned enterprises, um, as well as NAFTA's labor and environment provisions. So if we address these things in that way, we see it as uh, this is a chance to modernize something that has worked well for us, bring it up to date without uh, renegotiating something from the ground up again. Great. Thanks for that. Um, I guess on a similar subject, uh, protectionism is indeed on the rise with the U.S. taking a particularly forceful approach, even pulling out of international agreements. In this environment, what are the U.S. CIB's current priorities around international trade and investment? Well, it's uh, certainly a tricky environment. Um, I would say for U.S. CIB, ITC USA, our priority continues to be to push for international engagement and and leadership in the promotion of uh, global trade and investment um, in the face of these challenges. I have to say that we were disappointed, and we said so, that uh, President Trump decided, as he had promised to do so during the electoral campaign, to withdraw the U.S. from the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Because we know that by 2030, two-thirds of all middle-class consumers in the world will be in Asia, so the area continues to be key to the future growth of many U.S. companies and their suppliers. But we nevertheless believe that the TPP sets very high standards that can and should be applied in other negotiations, including the modernization of, uh, of NAFTA. So going forward, we're encouraging the U.S. government to be smart in the way it applies trade enforcement measures to avoid unnecessarily disrupting trade and investment flows. And we also want to see a big focus on pursuing regulatory coherence between the U.S. and its other major trading partners, including the U.K. and E.U. And that's obviously been a major focus of the transatlantic trade talks that are effectively on hold for the time being. Lastly, we'd like to see more countries take the necessary steps to implement their commitments under the World Trade Organization's Trade Facilitation Agreement. We thought that was a great achievement. a landmark agreement to reduce and remove red tape and customs clearance and international trade in general. It doesn't sound sexy, but it really is very important. Um, I mean, also on this side, um, of course, the change onto Brexit. Um, this continues to dominate the headlines here. Um, and we'd be very interested to hear more on the U.S. business perspective, uh, particularly with the U.K. now in negotiations with the EU. So what's the U.S. business feeling on this? Well, we think it's really important, just as with NAFTA, to take the time to get things right so that you don't end up unduly disrupting trade and business in general. Uh, People's jobs are at stake here. 
So, uh, you know, we've been talking with our colleagues at ICC UK and um, who have set up a, a, a group uh, of ICC national committee uh, leaders to, to talk about this issue and talk about the best way forward. And, and we agree that Brexit should be a phased, gradual process. And especially since American companies have operations all over the UK and throughout Europe, we need to ensure that both the UK and the EU remain fundamentally open for business and open to doing business with each other. And we'll continue to try to do our best on our side of the pond to ensure the same for the U.S. relationship with both the U.K. and the E.U. And along those lines, we, again, appreciate the opportunity to work with our ICC U.K. and other ICC colleagues around the world. Great. Thanks, Pete. You've been listening to the World Business Podcast from ICC United Kingdom.